here in a, a two or three weeks, we're going to start a, a new series of messages. I've really been praying, God, what is it that you want us to do to learn in this new year? Uh, where do you want to take us? And um, one of the things that and he, I really think he wants to take us in a direction, and I don't want to preach on this. I'm not ready yet, but um, I will be here soon. But God wants us to partner with him to advance his kingdom. I mean, that's, that's what we're all about. I'm going to talk about that a little bit here in a minute. Just uh, his kingdom. We've talked about what his kingdom is and, and those kind of things. But he, he needs us to be his partners. And I just how, how are we going to do that? One of the things... Um, there's something that I heard. A guy named Kyle Adelman wrote a, a book and, and some other things. A, um, but there's this idea that God does not want fans. He doesn't want us to be his fan, show up on Sunday and be excited to, you know, to raise our hands and to worship him and to just be a fan, um, which many of us were football fans yesterday, right? College football all day was awesome. God doesn't want a fan. He wants a follower. He wants somebody to dive in with him, to take this journey with him, to follow him. And so we're going to kind of start that as um, not a fan, actually. It would be the title of it here in, here in a few weeks, so that'll be good. And then um, this month also, five Sunday month, at the end of the month, we'll be having our, our night of worship, uh, which that'll be awesome. We'll gather together. We'll have just a, an evening of worship. And um, so anyway, those things are coming up and hope you kind of keep paying attention that in the new year is uh, always new things going on. Um, here in a couple of weeks, we'll have what is called the Shepherd Sabbath. It's a pastor and spouse retreat. And um, so I won't be here then. We'll have um, uh, my friend Dan uh, Tierman will be here again to speak. You guys, he's spoke before the Wycliffe Bible Translator doing some really innovative work in the, world, uh, the area of oral Bible translation. So Pretty cool there. And uh, Bruno, you guys be pay, praying for him and his family as with, I know actually quite a few people are not here today because they've either um, been exposed to or recovering from having COVID. It's uh, that, that time of year where people start to get sick because I guess the cold and it hasn't been that cold until today. But, um, you know, I guess all the holidays and people together and those kind of things. So, But we are excited about the cold. At least it feels like Christmas now. A little late. But we'll take it, right? Um, so I want to ask if you remember what it means to believe. You know, to really deeply believe in something. Uh, back in the Cowboys, for me, the heyday, this is uh, post-Roger Staubach era, which was another heyday. Um, I am a big fan. I have autographed Roger Staubach football, by the way, in my office. I'm Get free tours of that if you ever want to see. So, uh, but the uh, Dallas Cowboys back in their heyday, we kind of got to this place where we believed they were going to win. You know what I mean? Like we just expected it. We knew Super Bowl, that was not that big a deal for those. I mean, it was, but you know, like we knew they were going to win. It's, it's this thing, this year, still a little skeptical, not sure they're going to be able to pull it out. They might miss the playoffs. I mean, they're guaranteed a spot, but they're the Cowboys. So you just never know. Um, but this, this idea of believing, and I'm talking about believing something deep in your gut. You know, there's this, uh, some new science I've been reading about. My degree in college was sociology, so I am interested in these kind of things. That, um, the, 
the part of your brain that deals with emotions and feelings is not connected to, I don't know if you guys knew this, the part of the brain that deals with speech. Did you know that? That's why sometimes it's so very hard to express an emotion with words. It's, it's hard to, to speak that emotion. You feel it when somebody says, I feel it in my gut. Like, I just know it in my gut. That's because it's that part of your brain it thinks and feels differently than the part of your brain that deals with speech. So th this is what I'm talking about, to believe in something. Now, as Christians, we believe, but what is it that we believe in? What is it that we are supposed to do as people who follow Jesus? What is our mission? What is our mission? I'm not sure how I ever made it out of my childhood, to be honest. I don't, if you guys knew me as a child, um, either my parents would have taken me out or you know, one of my stunts would have taken me out because I was not a very good kid. Whenever I see my kids, and a couple of them are here, or at least one's in here today, but as I see my kids, they are, they're angels. Like, they're so good. As, as angry as I get sometimes whenever they break the rules or they do whatever, you know, it's, it gets frustrating. But I was not a good kid. Like, I was ornery. I was always in trouble. I can remember all that. I'm just not sure how I made it out of my... Uh, my childhood. So when I was about nine years old, about Caden's age, um, my youngest, I was about his age, and uh, one of the most important things to me was to go fast on a bicycle. One of the most absolute important things in life was to go fast, on the, and we would go as fast as we could everywhere we went, um, and you know, if it was riding down the street, or if it was going down a hill, or whatever, like we couldn't just ride down a hill, we're pedaling down a hill as fast as we can go everywhere that we went. Um, we, we set up a jump. We were really not the brightest of kids. We set up a jump that we had to cross an intersection to get to the jump. And, you know, by the time you got to the intersection, you're going fast enough that if there was a car coming, you wouldn't have known anyway. Like, lucky, like I said, just lucky we made it out of our childhood alive because we were crossing that intersection to do this jump. Um, we... There was a particular street where we lived out in the country, Caliche Roads. If you're familiar with Caliche Roads, it's like a dirt road, but it's a little bit harder of a dirt. Uh, it's West Texas and kind of southern New Mexico thing. I was born in Hobbs and um, lived there until I was 10. But uh, so it was Caliche Roads out there. And uh, we would ride the Caliche Roads out in the country. And there was this one particular neighborhood that uh, had several houses had um, pit bulls. And they weren't, they, you know, the pit bulls, the dogs in general just were not always behind a fence. And we knew where they were, and we would just take our chances and see if we could ride the bicycles fast enough to outrun the pit bulls. Um, just luckily, none of us ever wrecked while we were out, you know, trying to outrun these, these dogs that would have for sure eaten us um, if they had caught us. So uh, if you know me, you know that uh, we are animal people. We have always loved Great Danes. Getting personal here, so I'm just telling my story. Uh, we've always loved Great Danes. I grew up with Great Danes. We've always had, mostly since we've been married, have had Great Danes. We have one now. Her name's Stella. If you've been to our house, you've met Stella. Um, European, blue, beautiful Great Dane dog. And um, so we've always had Great Danes. When I was a kid, one of my favorite Great Danes, his name was Blackjack. Blackjack was a, he was just, he was a big, beautiful dog, and he was even-tempered. He was like the best dog for kids, just a fun, fun-loving dog. And um, so going fast on my bicycle is important. Don't forget about that. Well, one day I thought, a brilliant idea. I'll go faster than all my friends if I tie the bicycle to the dog, <clears throat> right? Sounds, what could go wrong with that plan? Tie the bicycle to the dog and let the dog take off running, 
you know, and uh, I could definitely outrun my friends, which I did. Um, he would, out in front of my bike, time, and he would take off. Now, I was, uh, th- those were some amazing times, and luckily, we never crashed. But the point is, I had a mission. I had something I was wanting to achieve and attempt, and the cost at that point did not matter to me. I was willing to risk everything. There were some crashes, nothing major, catastrophic, uh, but I was willing to risk everything to just go as fast as I possibly could. If you've ever seen a Great Dane run, they're akin to like a greyhound. You know, they go fast, and they're, it's just, it's, Stella got out a couple days ago. She, I say got out, she was down the street, and I hollered, hey, come back, and she come running down the block. I mean, full, just as fast as she could go running down the block. Um, something I hated as a child and I love now are uh, Sunday afternoon naps. I don't know if any of you are in the same boat. Um, so a- as a kid, I hated them though. I despise. We're going to have to take a nap Sunday after church. That's the worst. I don't want to take a nap. Um, so I remember one day, uh, me and my friends, we had made this ramp. I'm telling you some of my country stories. At the end of the Caliche Road, which was about 300 yards away. It was just a good long ride. So at the very end of the road, and the ramp went into a pasture. We don't know whose it was. it was. It was a pasture. Now, my friends and I had spent, it was funny, we didn't want to do any yard work, but we spent hours over several days with hoes and shovels to make a figure eight track out, out in this pasture. We don't know whose it was. And, and the ramp was like the launch point, the entry point into this um, figure eight track. And so we, we built the ramp. And of course, there was a piece of plywood laying around. Don't know whose it was again. We just, oh, it's a piece of plywood. Let's use this. Here's an old rolled up. We, we didn't have any other two by fours or anything, but we had some fence. And you know, they, the fence comes in big rolls. And so we put a roll of fence and the piece of plywood on top of it. That became our ramp. It was amazing. It was ingenious, actually, because when you hit the ramp, it kind of went down a little bit and then it would spring you up. It was awesome. Like it was it was a fun ramp to jump on. There's a point to this. So uh, at the end of the road, and I went, to, I went to take a nap after church one Sunday, and I didn't want to because I wanted to go jump on a ramp with my friends. And, and I woke up. I remember I woke up, and I, my friends were all down there, and I, they're like, Cal, he's out. Come on, let's come. So I get on my bicycle, and I take off, and I'm running. And I'm, I mean, not running. I'm pedaling as fast as I can, as fast. Just get to the end, 300 yards away, and I get there. And there was no spring in the ramp. I can still remember the, the feeling of my stomach like sinking because with the spring, it changes the way that you jump the ramp. And I hit the ramp and it did not spring back up. It stayed stiff. Somebody, while I was asleep, had put two by fours, they had found some, and made it a stiff ramp. And uh, of course, um, I had a major wipeout. I can still remember, oh, the feeling in my back. I fit, fell onto this uh, track that we had made and it was crazy. But the point is, is that I had a goal, an objective. I knew what I wanted to do. I believed in what I was going to do. I took off to, to accomplish and achieve my mission. And I, I wonder today if any of us understand that as, as we get older and as we get into things in our lives, sometimes the mission becomes blurry. Sometimes what we're after, what we want to achieve, becomes cloudy. It's something that we don't really pursue with everything that we have in us, like other things that we do believe in in our lives. I think this is a great way for us to start out this year, 2022. Can't even believe we're saying that, and we don't have flying cars for everybody. But 2022, here we are. What is our mission? What can we 
achieve this year? What can we start out to achieve? I'm going to read a scripture. It's out of Matthew chapter 28. Um, and if you would like to follow along in the notes for today's message, go to the church's app. And the notes are in there under the Sunday uh, tab or service. I can't remember. I think it's Sunday tab. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what I want to talk about today is our mission. What is our mission? What is it that we want to do, that we want to accomplish? And I think that as a mission, we need to believe in something. Um, we need to remember what it's like to believe something. That part of our brain, the limbic part of our brain that just in our gut knows that this is the right thing. We can't express it. We don't understand it. We can't really put words to it, but we believe and we believe deeply in what it is. At some point in our walk with Jesus, we had that kind of belief. At some point in our walk with Jesus, we understood that. But I think as we move along in life, other things come along and, and the belief gets muddled up. So I think we can, as a Christian, we can go back and we can read this scripture. We can see that there is something about what Jesus has asked us to do. What is our mission? Quite simply, reading the scripture, it is to go and make disciples of all nations. More specifically, it is to teach people about Jesus and how they can be saved. At our church, we have discovered our why to be, to love like Jesus, so lives are changed. However we phrase it, whatever we're trying to do, at the end of the day, we need to grab as our mission that people hear and understand the name of Jesus Christ. I think that churches get lost in the organization of the church and forget as we try to, it, it, it's, it's the nature of people, it's the nature of things. We forget what it is we originally started out to do. We have to always be pointed in the right direction to reach people for Jesus. There's a lot of other things that go along with that. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm not um, saying that we should do away with these other things. I'm just saying that that is what our mission should be. It should be the thing at the core of who we are that we can't quite put a finger, that we believe that this is what we have to do. The question becomes though, so what's the plan? It's pretty easy to say, right? Hey, I got a plan and this is it. We're going to reach people for Jesus. But how do we do that? What's the plan with that? What are we supposed to do? And, and so there's a few things that I want to tell you today. This is going to be short, actually. Um, four things. The first is that we should realize that we have a divine power. See, Jesus said this. He came and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So how does that give us divine power? 
In what way do we have divine power? One thing we can go and look at the scripture where Jesus reminds them that I am the branches, you are the vine. As long as we're connected to Jesus, as long as we're reaching with him, then we have access to that divine power. We are tapped into him. He even comes later and he says, when he's leaving, his disciples, they were distraught. He's about to go into heaven and they say, we don't know what to do. What are we going to do? And he says, another is coming, a helper. In the Greek, it says paraclete, somebody who will help you, somebody who will be with you, somebody who will fill you with himself. It's what we call being sanctified, if you've ever heard me say that. To be sanctified, to be filled with the Spirit. We have access to this divine power. We know that a Christian life is a life lived in Christ. So if Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, then we know we share in that. Listen, by yourself, you don't have it. You're not going to have it by yourself. But with Jesus, we have access to that divine power. I must be feeling nostalgic today because I've got all kinds of kids' stories. I can remember my six-year-old birthday party. Anybody remember that far back? Six years old. I can remember turning six. And we went in Hobbs, New Mexico. We went to the public pool. And I remember, I can still remember, we were at the public pool, and I got this um, turtle, inflatable turtle, for the pool. And that was my birthday present that year. Um, so this inflatable turtle, and it was as big as me. And I can remember that I started to blow that thing up and everybody's having fun. And all the kids are having fun. And I'm just, I can't have any fun because I'm blowing this dumb turtle up, but I want to play with my turtle. I couldn't do it. My uncle Artie, I haven't told very many stories about my uncle Artie. My uncle Artie, he's 6'6 and he's, I don't know, 350 pounds. He's, he's just a larger than life human being. Um, he's as strong as I ever thought I was, that man was just a beast. Um, but I remember my uncle already, he saw me struggling. And, so he's, and he's the countryest, like manliest, bearded man. Like, you know, you wouldn't think he's a very sensitive guy. But man, he's got a gentle heart. And he took this, this um, turtle and he blew it up. I mean, I bet it didn't take him five minutes. He blew that turtle up. And I was so happy. You see... In his divine power, he was able to accomplish something that I wasn't able to accomplish. And that's kind of how I liken us to Jesus. He, he can, the Holy Spirit can help us accomplish things that we cannot otherwise accomplish on our own. There are some things we just can't do. When something in our life seems too big, we need to remember that we have access to his divine power. And there's a lot to unpack there. And really, we don't have time today, but his divine power. It's his power, and he is divine. We're talking about the God the psalm says, you've heard me say, breathes stars. The God who has created the universe. The God who made himself a, a human to show us what love is. Like, God, we have access to that power. By ourselves, no. But with him, yes. Second thing is this. Uh, we need to know that we, uh, there is a divine plan what kind of plan is it? Jesus said, therefore, here it is, go and make disciples of all nations. I mean, how simple. Go and make disciples. Um, I have a friend that 
every time we're going to do something, he wants to sit down and we're, he wants to draw plans out and he wants to like have all the questions answered and he wants to, and I'm not that way. Like I'm, I'm like, hey, let's just jump into it and we'll see how, it, there's a reason I can't build a square doghouse, you know what I mean? Like, because you gotta, you do need to sit down and draw plans and make things. But for me, I'm like, hey, let's just jump into this and let's, and let's go. I think sometimes we spend so much time making plans that we never get the work accomplished. Jesus says, listen, I don't want to complicate this for you. Go and make disciples. It's, it's his divine plan. It's super simple. Go and win the lost. Talk to somebody about Jesus. I read a statistic that 1,500,000,000 people in the world do not know Jesus. They, they don't, they've never heard the gospel, in fact. 1,500,000,000 people. In the United States, according to Barna, two-thirds of single people are not saved. Two-thirds of single people are not saved. Uh, I don't know if you guys, everybody knows Elon Musk, right? Like one of the super rich guys. So Elon Musk did an interview with Babylon B just a week or two ago. Did y'all see that? The, the Babylon B is the, that uh, Christian organization that does satire. They're funny. But um, they had, it's on YouTube right now. You can go watch this interview. Uh, so they're interviewing Elon Musk. And it was a super awkward moment. But they asked Elon, they said, hey, while you're here, I don't, I don't know why he was interviewing with these guys, but um, while you're here, would you, cons- would you accept, right now, would you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? <laughs> Elon Musk. Right, right there, he's sitting in the chair. And it's, it was really awkward because he stopped and he paused for a minute. He thought about it for a minute. And then he began to talk about everything about Jesus that he liked. He liked what Jesus stood for. He liked um, that Jesus said, you can't do an eye for an eye. He liked that Jesus talked about loving others. He, He liked all these things that Jesus stood for. The way he ended it, he said, if, and if, you know, if Jesus is in the, um, the, I don't remember the word he used, if he's in the mood or if he's, if he's saving people, that I'm not going to deny that. But he talked about not believing in God necessarily, but he believed in all these things that Jesus stood for. And I'm not knocking Babylon, I, what a... What a gutsy move right there to just ask Elon Musk if he would receive Christ, right? That's, that's amazing in itself. I do think that we also can be ready with an answer, all of us, because Elon Musk, if we will pay attention to, the, and if you go watch the interview, you'll catch what I caught. He began to talk about all the things that Jesus taught, which are kingdom principles, and they could have led him there, and we can lead somebody to this place and say, that's exactly what it means to follow Jesus. Like we were born into sin, but Jesus wants to save us from ourselves and from a life doomed without him. And not only do we get to the promise of heaven, get to go to heaven, but also we get to usher in this kingdom that you're talking about today. You know, like, yes, that's exactly right. Is that what you want? If that's what you want, then I can walk you through that right now. Because that's the way we as Christians believe. 
But whatever it is, the, the plan is simple. If two-thirds of single people, according to Barna, don't know Jesus, if 1.5 billion people in the world have never even heard the gospel, there's plenty of work to do. The third thing is this. There is a divine promise. This is awesome. Jesus said, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What a promise. Isn't it awesome that he's going to be with us always? Two things. He promises a constant presence and a timeless presence. He will be with us always and forever. Constant and timeless. He will be with us. I think that's awesome. But all of these things, so, so we have three things so far, right? We have access to the divine power. He has given us a plan. He's given us the promise that he will be with us. But we need to point out that none of these things are possible. They're all true, but they're not possible without a prerequisite, which is his divine presence. His divine presence. The whole scripture starts out this way, verses 16 and 17. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When, when they saw him, they worshiped him. When they saw him, they worshiped him. You see, God wants to give us the power. He wants to give us the plan. He wants to give us the promise. But these things need activated. They need activated in our lives. We have to spend time like the disciples did, on the mountain. We need to go to a place that we can get alone with God and worship Him. It is then that these things will be activated. This is what God wants. A promise that He's given us and a plan of what to do and access to His divine power. Like He wants that for us. But until we spend time with Him, until we are willing to let that thing be activated in our lives, then it's not going to happen. I think sometimes we, we just try to jump in. We're trying to be more intentional as a church to have, give opportunity for this prerequisite. For instance, the, every time there's five Sundays in a month, at the end of the month, we have a worship night. And it's just, it's just what it is. It's not a preaching time, and it's not a... I mean, God will do what God's going to do, right? But it's a time of worship, and it's a time of prayer, and it's a time of spoken word, because that's what's going to activate God in this church on the, um, th the third Thursday. And hopefully we'll get to more having it more often, but on the third Thursday right now, we have a time of prayer, it's an intentional time of prayer, and we, we want to gather together, and we want to pray together, and we want to activate these things in our lives and in the life of the church. Listen, it seems clear to me what our mission is. Our mission is to go and tell people about Jesus, but it's really comforting that God has given us a plan, and His plan is perfect. And I think we are all sitting here right now, and we're all saying, I agree with you. Man, I, let's go. I agree with you. But what are we going to do about it? I think we need to quit talking about it. We need to start doing something. We need to start acting like we believe in the things that we talk about and we sing about 
and we pray about. Sometimes I wonder when, when I come to church or when we're at church, how is it possible that there's room for anybody to sit? What I mean is, if we really had this, this thing, and this isn't an indictment on you or on me, I just, if what we're talking about, God's plan and, and His promise and His power and His kingdom, if those things were, were really activated in our lives and in the life of the church, wouldn't it cause a stir in our community that people almost couldn't help but be a part of? They just wouldn't want to stay away. Where they would ask daily, hey, is there church today? Can I come to the church? Is there a home group I can? Is there a Sunday school? Is there a, I want to be a part. I want to get involved. I want to. And I think that's where God wants to take us. And that's why I think he wants us to go to this, this next thing we're going to begin talking about. He doesn't want a, a group of fans. He needs followers. Not just a fan. So this new year, man, I hope we take that on. I hope we grab a hold of it. And I hope we just go on this ride that Jesus wants to take us on. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. And I think next week when we look at all the things that have happened, what I believe God wants to do, I think we're going to sit back and go, wow, I can't wait. So let's make this year the best year so far. Jesus, today we're grateful to you for all that you've done for us. We recognize that you have a plan. We recognize the purpose that you've given us. Help us to learn to believe at the core of our being, at the depth of of who we are. Help us to believe what you have called us to do, what you want us to do, who you are, that part of our brain that we believe so deeply, it can't even be spoken because we don't know how to express it. But we believe that this is where you want us to go. Help us, Father, to see this mission and to set out for it like a little boy who was willing to risk everything to accomplish what he set out to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.